Doug. Hello. Oh my god. Karen. Oh my god, you're so <laughs> forceful. Hello. <laughs> that was because the recording thing was like taking a really long time. I think it's I think it feels longer for you because you're always worried like I would be it's not going to work. There's going to be a glitch. But um it felt normal time to me. Oh, okay, cuz I was like this is taking so fucking long. What is going no, on? It really it really felt like a couple of quick mini seconds to me. So, so we're good. Oh, good, good, good. Oh my god. How do I sound because I I, I just realized I completely forgot to plug in my podcast mic. <laughs> Well, you don't sound any different if you just plugged it in. And I'm doing it. No, I'm just going on earbuds right now. I'm to, I'm just on my earbuds. Oh, you sound great to me. Oh, okay, so I'm not going to switch it up today then. All yeah, right. Leave it. Leave it. I'm here. I'm here like this now. My God, I bought this expensive fancy microphone and everything. And you're just like, yeah, you sound normal. Yeah, you sound the same. Oh, great. Okay, good. Glad I spent that Listeners, money. if you pick up on anything different, shout. <laughs> but uh, I think you're good. Yes, please do. Listeners, are you still with us? Have we lost you? <laughs> I think we've lost them all. All right. We are on season six, episode 11. Everybody comes to Kyle's. I don't understand why we've titled that, but there we are. Well, I can explain it because that's a take on Casablanca, which was based on a play called Everyone Comes to Rick's. Rick yeah. being the Humphrey Bogart character. But this isn't a particularly, like, everyone comes to Kyle's. Exactly. Exactly. But do you remember last season, I think towards the end, that was the title of one of our podcast episodes. When everyone was coming to Kyle's. Yeah, but this time nobody really is. I mean, I guess people, I guess it looked like people were, but it kind of wasn't. I mean, our people were. People, these places always seem to do great. But, um, like, our cast they weren't really congregating there. I mean, they could have really titled it Everyone Can Come Back to Kyle's because that's kind of where things are now that Eric has left the building. But um, but yeah, this wasn't like there was an event or a series of like scenes where it was just all nine or whatever of our primetime players kept showing up and swilling martinis at Kyle's. Yeah. Um, with this episode, I will say I finally look at Heather Locklear and go, oh, I think she might be pregnant, which yeah, is the first time this whole, se- this whole season that I've had that, like, I've never, like, I I keep going, no, I don't think she's, I think Doug's wrong. Like, I keep looking at her and going, I think Doug's wrong. But now, now I think there was like a quick cut where it looks like they actually did a full body shot on her by accident, um, and they she wasn't quite as blocked, I guess, as they thought she was, and she and she and I was like, oh, like I was, I, I like blink, like you blink and you miss it, but I was like, yeah, right, she's right, pregnant. you know, yeah, okay, she's pregnant and her boobs are getting a little bit fuller, fuller, yeah, yeah fuller, fuller. So, so, um, so yeah, I wasn't a liar. No, you weren't a liar. You weren't alive. But other than that, that was really the most um, exciting moment of this whole episode. You're, I mean, you're not kidding. And I mean, I have a little bit to say about that when we close up shop at the end of the episode. But um, I mean, I really thought this episode was dreadful. Like, I really think it sucked. It was just so dull. I mean, like, kind of everything they were throwing out storyline for a storyline like 
didn't work and didn't accumulate. Yeah. Yeah. And it was boring. And and it was boring. It, this was an episode that felt long. And at one point we paused it. And when I saw how much was left, I was like, are you kidding me? We still have this much more to go. I think we should be done already. Did you um, did you almost give up? There there have been moments where I'm like, I don't think I can finish this. No, I don't give up. I don't stop, especially like, what am I going to do when I talk to you on the podcast? But um, you can say I gave up. <laughs> I'll be like, you take it away. I'll just sit here. Maybe I'll, I'll like, I'll hold that. I'll use that like get out of jail free card one. <laughs> There is no, going to be one podcast. Like, there is going to be one. I swear to God, there has got to be one podcast. We are almost at the end of this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And but there I there is going to still I still stand by. There is going to be one podcast where one of us is like, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I encourage this. I think it's going to be me. Keep it real. You. Yeah, I can yeah. see that happening. <laughs> You seem to have more patience than I do, but um, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll truly sit through anything. Yeah, but I do. I don't. I'm not anticipating the show with the same sense of enjoyment that I've had over the last few seasons. It's so like fine. I'll watch the I'll watch the whole thing and I'll, and you know between taking notes and the fact that the show's not exciting right now, it's starting to feel like homework. And it wasn't before because it was a really fun fucking show, and now it just feels so labored. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are. So, so folks, if you're watching, you know what I think? Uh, I mean, they kind of weave in and out, but I think uh, we should. Uh, I, I mean, think I always we should love... start. Go ahead. I was going to originally say start with Peter and Lexi, but maybe we actually just jump right in with Kyle and Pam. Yeah, because I was going to say, usually I like to get rid of, like, you know, the Billy and Sam storyline quickly, but I don't know that we can do it this time. Yeah, I think we can cover it quickly, but not immediately. For a hot minute, I thought we would have, like, a Billy and Sam-free episode, but that didn't happen. No, but, I mean, if you repress your memory of them, it's almost like it never happened. So, give that a try. Yeah. All righty, so where are we so, now, Amanda? So, okay, at the end of last week, Kyle began really disappointing us after a series of almost disappointing us. Um, so so he drunkenly went into Taylor's apartment and they slept together. So now it's... I, it's the reckoning. I guess it's the next morning. I'm <laughs> yeah, not clear how reckoning. many hours. I'm not clear if he's, like, had any sleep or if they've, like, just kept going at it. And then, like, an animal, he just ran away. I don't know. He's scampering I don't think out it's of the next morning. I don't think he spent the night. I think he went, bam, thank you, ma'am, and got the fuck out. I guess. I feel like time-wise, that doesn't really quite make sense, but I also feel like no one pays attention to timing and continuity but me, so I, I shouldn't dwell on it. Well, but, I kind uh, of yeah. felt like he, when he stumbled, okay, so he stumbled out of Taylor's apartment, staggered upstairs, she is following him in her fucking underwear with a shirt over it. He goes into his apartment and Amanda calls and she's like, I can't sleep. I'm thinking about you. So it's clearly the middle of the night. Oh, wait. Is it still dark at this point when it's happening? Yes. Yeah, it's oh, still dark. Then, in my mind, it was lighter. Oh, then, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, then they did it and he ran away. Yeah. Yeah. 
but that's exactly what happens. And uh, and and in front of Taylor, looking at Taylor, talking to Taylor, or talking at Taylor while he's saying it to Amanda on the phone, he's like, you used your body, you're a user, and he hangs up on you. And it's really like he's saying the facts that he believes applies to Amanda, but he's also telling Taylor, get fucking lost. I still don't respect you. I slept with you. I used you. But I think you are to be used goodbye yeah like and then he and then he tells her to get out Taylor yeah yeah and he boots her out just in time for her to run into Amanda who is like I'm coming over because we need to talk which I mean I don't know why Amanda did that no I think if well I'm gonna get into a little bit more why I think Kyle is like lower than dirt at this point. Yeah, Kyle. But, uh, Kyle is a douchebag, and I don't even care that he's fun to look at anymore. He's making me very angry. Yeah, I mean, this is really one of the the most criminal acts of rewriting our writers have done. I think this is true character assassination. But anyway, yes, it I, is. If I'm if I'm Amanda and Kyle says that shit to me while I'm on the phone, I'd be hurt, but I and I probably couldn't sleep, but I probably wouldn't walk across the courtyard to confront him right then either i'd no. probably be like he can go fuck himself yes but that's um, not what we get but instead she comes to kyle's apartment and as she ascends the stairs is greeted by underwear clad taylor descending the stairs who taunts amanda some more and uh and then says that they're going to have this reopening party at kyle's um and is it amanda who calls her a pathetic little parasite yes and that's like, then we go to credits, right? I, I mean, yeah, then it was kind of like... You know, like to have this exchange. Yeah, and then she turns around and she leaves. Amanda leaves. Yeah, so she never has her chat with Kyle. No. And like, I kind of feel like the old Amanda would have like just railroad, you know, bulldozed right past Tyler, uh, Tyler Taylor and, gone, and marched her ass upstairs. Yeah, also the old Taylor would have, you know, torn the old Amanda would have torn Taylor a new one and mm-hmm. then gone upstairs and torn Kyle a new one and they moved right on. Yes. Like but, takes no shit, takes no prisoners. And and so but but so she turns around and doesn't talk to Kyle. Yeah. So that the next time we see her is at the actual reopening. And Kyle is drunk again. Um, yeah. And in front of everyone, now, I can't remember all the people who were there. There is a moment of, like, Jennifer and Craig and, and Michael are also there. And I'll go, we'll cover that in a little bit. And, um, but otherwise, it's Craig, Kyle gives the toast. And he uses it to just make a shitty announcement about Amanda being a whore again. Um, I'm not saying that's how I feel. I'm saying that's Kyle's portrayal. Uh, so of course Taylor has this big smirk on her face and it takes a while and then Amanda finally walks out Um, you know and Kyle says what her motto is always open you know saying how Amanda would do whatever Amanda will will work all night to to make sure that your endeavor will work stuff like that right? Yeah it was kind of like this weird like like, like he was, yeah, it was, it was it embarrassing was, and stupid was, and I hated like him. Failed until it wasn't even coded at all, kind of yeah. blood shaming. 
in yeah. front of everyone, which is like, even if, even if you guys aren't together anymore, A, it's still your business partner, but B, what an effing douchebag you are to say yeah. any of this. So uh, the next note I wrote is, Kyle, you're trash. Yeah, basically, yeah. Basically, um, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's so funny because I have been team Kyle since he showed up on Melrose Place. Yeah. And I'm just, and now I'm like, nope, sorry. And and it was just this episode. This episode did it. And I'm just like, Specifically no for me as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, he's worse than Jake at his douchiest, Billy yeah. at his dumbest, and certainly worse than Michael at his sluttiest because at least Michael's always fun. Yes. Yeah. This like this Kyle stuff is dark and it's not helpful. It's cruel. Or character it's cruel. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cruel. It's a, it's actually cruel. And I don't like to see Amanda get her comeuppance. Like because honestly, she doesn't deserve it. Well, I was going to say it's not even a comeuppance because she didn't actually do anything. Right. As far as we know, like whatever she did or didn't do, I don't really think she did anything. Like she doesn't deserve any of this. Like the Kyle wants to punish her, he can break up with her and move on. That's the worst she should possibly deserve. This is really, really shitty. And the other thing is, like, all of a sudden in this in this particular scene, like Jennifer is the voice of reason. Yeah, which I don't know if it's all of a sudden because I feel like she's had those moments sporadically since showing up. But, but yeah, yeah. Well, particularly where Kyle is concerned and Taylor, and she's just sort of. Of like saying, you know, what are you doing with Amanda? You're making a mistake with Taylor, you know, and 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 he's just not listening. And then oh, and, and then she says something about um, when she things went bad with Taylor, she he went to her, and then now things go bad with Amanda, and he goes to Taylor. I don't know. It was something. It was actually something very clever and smart. Yeah. Does does that happen this early, or is that a bit later? No, I thought it was. I thought it was at this moment. Yeah, I thought it was because she talks to him a bit more later. I thought this was that was the only time they talked. Um. Well, I'll tell you why I think it was later, and I may be wrong. I say that I may be wrong right now, but so there's a scene, and we'll talk about what else was going on in a bit. But Taylor comes to Amanda's. I mean, she goes to Amanda Woodward Advertising and... Oh, you're right. I'm wrong. But yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was later. She she tells that the best thing for Amanda to do would be to sell her shares of the upstairs back to Kyle. Um, And then later, Taylor comes to Kyle and says, you know, I talked to Amanda and she said she's going to sell her shares to you. And he seems to be warming to Taylor again here. And that's when it's like a green light. So Taylor starts approaching Kyle again. Uh, at the upstairs, and that's when Jennifer like overhears and watches the whole thing, and and I think that's when she says this thing. Right. No, you're right. I I fucked that up. That was my that was my bad. My bad. Well, I think we saved each other. <laughs> so there we go. Um, and then after that, there's one final scene where Kyle and Amanda he she's like, like just gotten her mail, and he comes over to her, and and she's like. Yeah, he said, I think Taylor said, you'll sell me your shares. And she's like, you know what? You can just have my shares. I'm not even going to sell it. She signs it over on a piece of junk mail. And she goes, that's all it's worth. And hands it. And she's like, this means she's done with him. And Taylor watches again from out the window. So Taylor's really getting a great show. And she seems to be getting everything she has wanted all along since discarding that dumb Peter relationship. 
So, so that's where we are. Kyle's an asshole. Um, and whatever he thinks Amanda did or did not do, he's still the guy who slept with four different people in the building. Yeah. While he was while he was involved with another one each time. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so f off, Kyle. Yep. Um. Um. Do we do Billy and Sam stuff now? Yeah, because that kind of ran into Amanda. So, yeah. you know, we might as well just get those two done. Because this whole this, this whole storyline is under my last... It, it's like on my last nerve. It's on my last nerve because they're changing... Okay, I just watched Wag the Dog the other night again, which I Ooh, love that movie. Um, so I keep thinking about like this one, they've, they've changed horses in midstream <laughs> and, as yeah. the, and as that really yeah. bad advertisement said and wag the dog, don't go changing horses in midstream. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the advertisement that cost poor Dustin Hoffman his life. Don't yeah. go changing oh, horses. It's such a in good midstream. movie. Oh, it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And Anne Heche is wonderful she's terrific exactly. it's a great script they're all good they're yeah. all a little underrated yeah it's really good yeah. it's phenomenal really good yeah so um so yeah um they've completely changed horses in midstream on the storyline uh between sam and her bestie there what's her name uh connie connie thank you but anyway i digress well i think and correct me here if i've misplaced the order but Okay, so Connie comes to Amanda's door at her office, uh, and she's got Sam's portfolio that she's babysitting and shepherding around while Sam is on her honeymoon. Um, and and Amanda's so stupid in these scenes. And she's like, oh, I thought that we lost Sam, and she wasn't going to have any of this done for the client before her honeymoon. Thanks, you're a lifesaver. Hey, these look really good. And she's like, well, you know, I actually touched them up a little bit. Um, and Amanda basically, like, offers... Uh, Connie, a temp opportunity on the spot. While Sam is gone for what a day? Well, I mean, like she literally came back like the next day. The honeymoon was like three. Like the the flights probably alone were longer than their stay in Hawaii. (laughs) And what was the whole day? Okay, so when we do see them in Hawaii, right? They have this whole sort of almost slapsticky thing about the room, and it does. And I was like, what? 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 Just put them in the room. Put them in the fucking room. Yeah, it's supposed to be this, like, funny thing that Billy booked a really cheap deal, and they're in, like, kind of a shitty locale, and the honeymoon suite isn't really a great suite. It's not really terrible. It just doesn't feel glamorous. You know, it does have a little lanai area. It doesn't have a separate bedroom. It has, like, a smallish type of kitchen area. Like, it's not the kind of thing that screams honeymoon glamour getaway. But but depending on who you are and how you travel, you might not think it's that terrible either. Um, But the idea is that, like, yeah, Billy kind of screwed the pooch on this one, and it's, like, not great. But it doesn't also seem to matter, because they're not fighting, and this doesn't cause a new fight. Like, they're still enjoying their honeymoon, they're still sexing it up, and then the next morning, Sam calls Connie, and Connie is, like, sitting there looking at Billy and Sam's wedding photos. (laughs) No, it's so weird. <laughs> and and after they hang up, it sounds like Connie is still going to be staying in their apartment, even after they get back as newlyweds. Um, and 
And then Billy says something like, you keep putting yourself out for wounded strays. Right? Isn't that the line? Yeah, something like because, that. Because I'm like, but who else? Because her father wasn't a wounded stray, and he was pulling the strings the whole time. And that's it. Like, that's all we've got of her, like, taking anyone in or having that sort of empathy for anyone. So what are you really talking about? And then there's a gross line where where I think Sam says, I don't bite, I salivate. And I'm like, if this is your dirty talk, I'll, I'll pass. Thanks. Um, and then I think Connie is again talking to Amanda um, in the office. And, and that's when they're like, when Sam gets back, she has to fly directly to Seattle uh, to show her, her designs to the client. Is, did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. There was like this conversation of does Billy go? Who goes? Like who? Like yeah. it, like it was like this whole back and forth. And I think at one point Connie was like, "Well, I could go," and then Amanda's like, "No, Sam should go." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's that, that after that scene is when Taylor has come to Amanda and is like, eh, "You should sell your shares to Kyle." Blah 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 blah. Um. So Billy and Sam part at the end of their honeymoon and she goes to Seattle and Billy comes to LA. Uh, he comes back to his apartment and Connie is coming right out of the shower. I don't really know if she was like just standing there in the bathroom waiting, waiting for, for him to come to the apartment. <laughs> Which is possible. Um, so there's, there's like all sorts of like awkwardness there. Um, and eventually Billy goes to take a shower uh, and that's when Sam calls. So Connie answers and she lies and she says like, no, uh, Billy isn't home yet. So he can't talk to you. Uh, and again, tries to plant the seeds with Sam. Like, just like all other men, Billy's going to cheat. Like all men cheat. You can't trust men. And Billy's not home. Like she's continuing to lay some groundwork, I guess, for Sam to like lose faith in Billy. Uh, I'm not really sure what, these machinations are, and I really hope they clue us in soon. Um, but this is a this is a dumbest story, like from every possible right. angle. And I mean, remember um, the low. I mean, do you remember like I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before when we were introduced to Connie? Basically, it seemed like there was some sort of like gonna be a sort of like gay love triangle introduced yeah. there between Connie, and now it's like single white female. Yeah, that's a lot more of what it, it is like. And that, I guess, from the timing standpoint, it makes more sense. Because they recycle that storyline a lot. But I think it was just too edgy to do, like, a lesbian storyline. Like, that they had a past in college or whatever. That's maybe, like, a 21st century thing. But it's not quite a 1997 thing. Oh, it we totally really was. not there yet. Oh, oh, you mean to do it on TV. Okay, I thought you meant, yeah, like, oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, no, we were, there were no. plenty of, you know of that going on when I was in college? Like, what? No. No, I'm not talking about the human condition. I'm just talking about <laughs> TV writing. The, the Melrose Place condition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even so, I kind of felt like, why are you leading us down one path only to turn around and drop us on this? Like, what was the point? Like, it just seems like they don't, like, they don't have a plan. Which right, because let's plan. say, let's say for like the last two episodes, it was like, yeah, uh, Connie's endgame seems to be to shunt Billy out of the picture. For what reason with Sam, we don't know. And right now it seems to be she wants to hurt Sam. She wants to shunt Sam out of the picture. For what gain is it 
relationship-wise? Does she want something with Billy? Is it career-wise? We don't know. But the right. extreme is, like, we've gone from being like, yeah, Connie's there to protect Sam at whatever cost to Connie is there to hurt Sam and go for Billy at whatever cost. Yeah. And right. honestly, I would have, I really would have preferred the, you know, Sam doesn't think Billy's good enough. Sam tries to break them up because she thinks, I'm sorry, Connie tries to break them up because she thinks Billy isn't good. Like, whatever. But this whole thing about now Sam is going to seduce Billy for whatever reason, like, that's what it looks like, the direction we're headed. I'm like, ugh, it just feels so tired. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing. And, and I'll talk about this maybe a bit more once we covered our other storylines, but I'm comparing it to when Brooke was introduced. And we didn't quite know what Brooke's endgame was, but we found out pretty quickly. And because it involved, like, other characters on the canvas that we cared about to some degree, you know, she was aligning with, with Amanda pretty quickly. She was deceiving Allison pretty quickly. She was gunning for Billy pretty aggressively. Like, whether we thought it was a great storyline or a storyline that had great promise at the beginning that fell out or whatever, like, I was in, I was, I was in for the ride. Right, and, and here I'm like, none of the chess pieces matter. Right, like Ama- Amanda and Connie are not really aligning. Amanda is just a clueless enabler who's got her own storyline, and I don't care about Billy, and I don't care about Sam, and they just got married. I really just want them to sit tight and like not look at them for a while. Yeah. So, so this is the wrong time to kind of introduce an antagonist for them, and also it's the wrong time because I don't care and I don't want to see them. Yes. So don't so don't give me any of this. Co-sign on all of that. Then say no more. Right. So let's move on. And I guess we do more. Uh, I guess it's more Jennifer Craig stuff. Well, I guess it's or, all. Pe- I mean, Peter entwined, Lexi, right? It's yeah, all entwined at this point. Yeah, like we're okay. all entwined now, which so I will say, which is good because now we finally have some entwined. Like we finally are bringing some of these characters together at the very least. We do. I feel again still lower stakes than I'm used to on this show, mm-hmm. but but it's something, and they're doing the work of entwining yeah. them. So there's that. Uh, but so we, although I will say it's still removed from Melrose Place, it's still very both like, ge- yeah, both geographically and a bit storyline wise. Yeah, like it, it's sort of like it's almost like these are the grown ups, and these are the ki- like it's like the grown up table and the kids table at this point. I'm sorry, who are the grown ups? Well, I'm I'm calling them grown-ups, but I don't mean it that way. But I'm it's basically calling them it, it, it's it's the separate. And so the grown-ups are the ones that have left the the nest of Melrose Place, okay. right? Okay. Um, but even though they haven't really, but like you know, for Coop who lives there, Megan who lives there, we don't see them there much. We don't see them there now. You know, we don't see them there at all. And like Jennifer feels like she's part of Melrose because when we do see her, we we see her there. You know, so at least there's that. And Craig, yes, that's true. And Craig, we see him there a bit, you know. So so they kind of feel like they might, uh, they kind of feel like they may be, like, straddling, but, but it still feels like we're removed from the block. Yeah. So here we are off the block at the marina. Uh, Peter is confronting Lexi about the pills that he cottoned onto at the end of the last episode um, and says he checked with Coop 
So he's like done the due diligence and has like confirmed that she's really been having all these extra scripts written for her for quite some time. So of course she pushes him away and, and gets all pissed off. Um, after the credits, he apologizes and she's decided that like she needs something to define her, to give her some identity and, and, and maybe take her mind off the nothing she has going on so she can, you know, wean herself off. And she, and at first they make it seem like she too will be the next receptionist for Burns Mancini. And, you know, Peter's like, well, typically that's gone to one of Michael's ex-wives. Are you sure? Uh, and what she really wants to do is redecorate um, whole hog. She wants to redecorate both his condo and the practice. Um, and, and she's like uber focused on the decorating. Um, and then at one point she goes to the bathroom and, and he can see without her seeing him that, that she's still taking the pills. Um, separately, Megan wakes up at the beach house where Michael has taken her home. He's given her this nice, sort of nice breakfast in bed uh, spread of like lots of fruit and a muffin or whatever. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and Michael is like, I think we can almost accurately use the term gaslighting here. Mm-hmm. We're just telling Megan that like her recovery is slower than her physical recovery actually is. And she has faith in what Michael is saying. Um, a coop shows up sort of like to check in and Michael sends them packing. Um, and later, Megan invites Michael into the bed with her. Um, but she's like, I want you to be here. I want to feel you, but I, we're not going to have sex. We're not ready for that. And the next morning, he promises like complete commitment to her. In other words, he lied yet again. Um, and and then there's a uh, uh, quid pro quo for Michael and Peter have an exchange where Michael says, don't tell Megan how quickly she's recovering. And then Peter's like, Michael, I need you to have Lexi decorate your Mancini glove offices. Um, and I think this is also where Michael's like, you must really love Lexi. And, and Peter's like, yeah, she's the only other woman I've ever loved. And I'm like, what about Beth? What about your dead first wife? Yeah. There's nothing wrong. That's true. We've all yeah, forgotten about Beth, including Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Total erasure. And Lexi also has leased new retail space. Um, for yeah, that was fast. Decorating shop. I'm like, oh, wow, you're, you're really diving into this quickly. Um, so separately... Coop has finally dropped the other, what, what do I want to say? The other shoe was dropped, I guess, is the best uh, metaphor. Yeah. Um, he's, he's complaining about the credit that, uh, this happens, I guess, when we're at Kyle's and Coop is talking to Jennifer, that the credit that everyone else is getting for the cauterizing glove. Um, and so it's kind of tied to him creeping around Megan at the beach house which he's doing, and um, <laughs> Megan is there alone, and, and he tells Megan the truth, that he was the one who sat by her bedside, he got Jennifer to bring the music, he played her music because he knows what her favorite songs are, uh, and then Michael comes home, and again, he kicks Coop out, um, 
And so then Megan asks Michael if all of this is true. Um, and, and he's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course I was there. And, and she's like, what's my favorite song? And he goes, well, I'm still getting to know you. I'm hoping in time I'll find out. Or like something yeah, like, it's something stupid. Really it's like, like that. Yeah. you know, it's the song you love. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Coop, so Lexi is at the Mancini glove offices with, with Craig, Jennifer, and Michael. Um, and then Coop shows up in person to serve them. He's suing them. For, for stealing his idea and moving forward with this patent that's not his. Um, and then later, Jennifer comes over to confront Michael about the truth of, like, is what Coop's saying real? Like, did you steal this and then get us all involved? And he lies and says, and he's never, he's never lied to you. And they talk about their grandfather, who has, I guess, a big criminal, maybe in some organized business, perhaps. Um, he says he's not like that. Um, and then he leaves, and Megan asks Jennifer, who's still there, about was Coop there during the coma, and um, and Jennifer, I can't remember what she says. I think she's kind of like, well, Michael was there, but Coop was also there. I don't remember, but I guess that's when Jennifer's like, yeah, Coop called and asked for the your music. Um, so Megan calls Peter, who's got a car phone, and Peter, like, despite whatever he had promised Michael before like basically just acknowledges everything. He confirms that her condition is progressing faster. Uh, and Megan's like, that's it. Michael's been long again. Jennifer, take me back. Meanwhile, Peter's got to deal with Lexi being upset because now that Coop is suing Michael, she has lost the decorating gig that she got five seconds earlier at the Mancini Glove offices, which they got faster than um, Sky High Advertising was able to find their offices. Um, so she goes for pills, and uh, Peter, like, does this whole confrontational thing. He makes her look at her reflection, um, and, and he can't get through to her. And we know it's getting bad, right, because the guitars are really starting to wail here. So she, like, stumbles off, and she grabs keys and gets in her car and starts driving away. And Peter is actually able to catch up to the car. Yeah, there was a feat of athleticism going on there. (laughs) It was just extraordinary. Then he's able to open the passenger car door and get himself in (laughs) and close the door without doing any damage to the car or himself. Yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Pretty All that golf paid off. That's right. Yeah, he is our, our gold star athlete. Um. And so they're driving for a bit on on these like somewhat secluded roads. I mean, there's no other cars that that we can see. And then at some point, while he's like trying to calm her down and tell her to pull over, there there's a sound. It sounds like a bump. We don't really see what happened, but Peter keeps shouting for her to stop and pull over. Um, and basically, it seems like she pulled an Allison Parker, except we don't see anything yeah she pulls over they get out they kind of look around and they don't see anything um and she kind of like cries to him for help and and she like admits defeat so she gets in the passenger seat and he drives them home and she goes inside but before he goes inside he looks again at the car he inspects the front and on the right headlight there's blood so 
clearly Lexi has hit something. Mm-hmm. So what is it? We don't know. We don't know. So so there we are. That is our cliffhanger. We start and we end the episode with Peter and Lexi, who, you know, are pretty peripheral at yeah. this point. But but you know what? At least it wasn't Kyle being a D-bag and sending us on our way for the week. Um, you know, again, it's fine. There are there are chess pieces in play that are being moved, but these are like bottle storylines that don't really matter. I mean, Lexi's addiction storyline, the addiction thing is a trope, but it's not the same thing as, as you know, like, you know, Michael's drinking or Matt's ad- addiction or whatever. Like, you know, those things like when Sid knew that Michael had had Matt lie for Kimberly and then and when Kimberly was presumed dead and then Kimberly came back, like that kind of paid dividends because they yeah. all had leverage on each other. And that played itself out over the course of like the following season and a half or so. Um, this is like, okay, Lexi's got an addiction and I bet in a couple episodes we'll completely move on from this. Yes. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, like she'll go to rehab for a hot minute and be fine. You know, whatever, whoever she may have hit or killed will be a threat for a minute and then be resolved probably. Like stuff like that. Okay. So here's my question. Do you think that the writers were just kind of like, I'm you know what I mean? Like, they they kind of saw the writing on the wall with this show and they were like, oh my God, we're totally going to get canceled. And they were just sort of like, I'm writing as fast as I can, you know, like, and they just kept like changing storyline by storyline because they just wanted to keep like, because they couldn't figure out like a good one to kind of up the ante. So they were like, oh no, no, this isn't working. Let's try it. Let's try this. I sort of do. And I sort of don't. I think it's like the opposite of I'm writing as fast as I can. And that I think they were just writing as lazily as they could. I think they were like, we've got our show. This is our time slot. This is our advertising rate. I don't think they were canceled. I think it basically ended because Heather Lockham and um, Jack Wagner were like, we're done. I oh. think once they said that, I mean, I, you know, they could renew it season after season. And even if people didn't love it, I don't think the ratings tumbled enough where it really mattered. I think it's when you lose certain cast members, that's when they're like, all right, we're calling it a day. And I kind of think that dictated it. Okay. That Heather Lockler said, seven years, I'm in. I mean, I'm out. Um, I I just think they're phoning it in. I just think they're like, you know what? We're going to come up with content and give everyone their scenes and their storylines, but we don't care to think about anything to really in, in, invest in it. I, that's how I feel. I, I feel okay. like they're like, we can come up with whatever and it doesn't matter, but none of us really care anymore. Right. Okay. That, that makes that's, sense. That's what I, that's what I get as a viewer, at least. Okay. That um, makes sense. Yeah. Did I have any other points to say about this episode? No, nah, I think I think I covered it. All right. We're done. So guys, let us know what you think. Um, are you enjoying this? Are you following along? Are you just listening to us? Uh, Complain. Just giving you a weekly thrill. <laughs> <laughs> just listening to us, bitch. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, meanwhile, it's it's the middle of 2021 in real time, believe it or not. So, happy halfway point of the year, guys. Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. Okay. And now we're going to mosey on over to the boulevard. We are. We're going to talk Greek mythology. We're going to talk soccer. We're going to talk. What else are we talking about? 
some other TV stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So follow us over there. Please follow us over and uh, stay cool. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week when we are back on the block. (laughs) 